Coming to you live from a barbecue shack near you, it's the SEC Slow Smoke Podcast. We've got the sweet tea, the white bread, and a whole lot of slow smoke takes lined up. So put down your turkey burger, turn up the volume, and grab your hog, because it's about to be on. Oh, yeah. Now, say hello to your self-proclaimed food and sports experts, the utterly enthusiastic Holt Smash, and the one and only Tinder King of Memphis, Mr. JB the underscore Brooks. And now, here's your host, always full of ship, Alex Bullship One. Welcome back to the official SEC Slow Smoke Podcast. This is Week 8 Preview. I'm your host, Alex, joined by my two bros, Holt Smash and Mr. J.B. Brooks. The only question I got for you two fellows is who's going to lose by more this week, Mississippi State or Tennessee? Definitely Tennessee, 100%. It would seem so, but I will remind you, whatever it was, uh, JB can refresh my memory, um, maybe 2012 or 13, probably 13 or 14, um, Tennessee did hold their own against Alabama. I think it was in Tuscaloosa. That would have been in 2015. Close. Also when Tennessee finished 8-4 and four and went to an outback bowl. That was when Tennessee was actually a competitive team. Was that a Butch Jones coach team? It was indeed. Ooh, that's hard to believe. That was the same day we were watching, what was it, A&M and LSU? Or A&M and Ole Miss, excuse me. We were in Oxford uh, sitting at a bar. I believe it was Roosters on the Square. And we were uh, watching the games in that bar during that afternoon before the Ole Miss and A&M kickoff that evening. That was an upset in itself too, right? Because A&M was supposed to win. But Ole Miss won every time I went there. Seems like. Uh, I don't really know if A&M was favored. I just think. We thought that A&M would win that game and said, you know, Ole Miss won. But, you know, that was four years ago. You know, the past is the past. Honestly, I know we, we think both Tennessee and Mississippi State are going to lose by a lot. But I think, honestly, the uh, team that's going to lose by the most is probably Kentucky this week. I mean, Georgia should have won last week against South Carolina. And I think they're going to try to really flex on Kentucky this week. So, I don't know if you all agree with that or not. Um, I should probably direct that to one of you so you know which one to answer. Uh, I'll direct that to Holt. Um, yeah, so as I stated on the recap podcast from last week, I would take Georgia minus 80 this week. I think they're going to absolutely steamroll Kentucky this week. Minus 80. Let's see, what else? Are y'all, are y'all interested at all in talking about the South Alabama-Troy game going on live right now? Um, yeah, South Alabama's not very good this year. They are not, and you know it looks like a it looks like a good win uh, when Memphis beat them by like thirty, even though uh, Memphis was supposed to win by a lot. It still looks like a decent win because it was at South Alabama. But South Alabama has been decent in the past. Um, they're they're the team that beat Mississippi State, if I recall correctly. And Troy is the team that beat LSU. So kind of a um, SEC killers playing tonight. But uh, Troy is the better team. Looks like I don't know if you were a better on that game tonight, Holt. But I think I was. I think I got the under at fifty five. 
Oh, dang. So you're uh, keeping a close eye on that one. Yeah, so I might have to right now, four minutes left. Oh yeah, I might have to drop off this podcast. Uh, yeah, my uh, my uh, ESPN here isn't refreshing because it was like twelve minutes left. It's four minutes. Ooh, man, it's close. Fifty. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It might be a close. One. We'll see. We'll see. Um, what game are you most excited for this week, JB? Uh, there's a few that I've not even SEC, just national or SEC. All right, so we, we're going to go with national. All right, so the SEC or national. Uh, the game I'm looking most forward to, I would have to say, I mean, there's a few, but I, I like uh, Michigan Penn State. I think that one's going to be a really exciting one with the wideout game. And uh, Michigan is kind of uh, backed up against a the corner. They badly need a win uh, to get back in the college football playoff hunt. Uh, it looks like they've improved a little bit since uh, they're thrashing against Wisconsin a few weeks ago. Penn State's got the wideout game. It's going to be an awesome not evening in Happy Valley. Uh, Penn State's on a roll right now. But, man, watch out for for Michigan. They're going to come out fighting in this one. I got a couple different games I'm excited about. Hole. Which one are you excited about? You know, I'm kind of looking forward to the Florida-South Carolina game. Uh, yeah. I think both teams are potentially in a letdown spot. Obviously, South Carolina coming off of a uh, big upset win at Georgia. Um, you know, definitely, you know, I mean, they're back at home against Florida, who's coming off their first tough, tough loss of the season. And, you know, I don't really know how either team is going to respond to this. Uh, what's crazy is that if South Carolina would have lost last week, I might pick them to win this game. But I sort of, like, am afraid to now uh, because I just don't know if we'll much have two good wins in a row. Um, but I think this is going to be a really exciting game, and uh, that 11 a.m. slot is uh, looking pretty good this week. It all comes back to Will Muschamp not being a great coach. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, you know, he had a great win last week, and I think everybody's super excited. Um, but they're still not a very good team, if I'm being honest. The Will Muschamp coaching philosophy or coaching trend here. So if he wins a big one like this that he's not supposed to against George, that means he's got to lose at least one or two that he's not supposed to win – or that he's supposed to win, right? Yeah, well, I mean, he did already lose North Carolina earlier this year, so maybe that counts. I don't maybe, know. Yeah, true. Hope. I know there's there's the uh, national Pac-12 game, Washington, Oregon, that looks like it should be fun. Um, but can I interest you at all in Baylor at Oklahoma State? Oh, absolutely. I think that's a really exciting game. Um, obviously, Baylor's still undefeated. Oklahoma State's got a pretty good team, though, and they're at home. Um, you know, obviously had a couple of tough losses in the conference already, but uh, still a really talented team. Um, you know, our boy China Hubbard is a really solid running back. He's already got over a thousand yards for the year. So really impressive uh, for our guy there. And, um, you know, only halfway through the season to already have over a thousand yards. And then, um, you know, Baylor has been kind of a pleasant surprise this year. I think uh, some people had him kind of having a good year this year. So maybe not like a, a huge surprise to people who follow college football really closely, but maybe to some people who don't uh, Baylor's kind of come out of nowhere this year and, had a really close win against Texas Tech last week, a really exciting game. So uh, I think that's actually a really exciting matchup um, in uh, Stillwater. The Duke-Virginia ACC game should be kind of good also. Two four-and-two teams. Uh, Virginia's coming off a bad loss, maybe a bad loss against Miami at home, and Duke just killed Georgia Tech. Um, so that should be fun. I will let you all know that – what do you got to say, JB? You got something to say? How would you know I have something to say? I thought I, I thought I heard some pip squeaks out there, but that might just be the the um, static I'm hearing. So I'm assuming you didn't have anything to say. 
But what I was going to say, JB, is that I'll let y'all know that I am going to my unofficial alma mater's homecoming this week at App State. Um, they are playing Louisiana Monroe, the team Memphis already beat earlier this year. Um, and this is this is some bitch assness I'll let y'all know about. So going with the homegirl and all of her college friends, and we're tailgating for the game, but none of them are actually even going to the game. And all of them are making the trip from Charlotte or for somewhere in North Carolina to Boone to go to homecoming, but not to the game. I don't know if that makes y'all as mad as it makes me mad, but it makes me mad. Sounds like an Ole Miss uh, event to me. Yeah, but like this isn't even like it's not like they're at the Grove. I mean, it's Boone. I mean, Boone's fun, but like you can't think of that as like a premier tailgating event. It's just like they're going to take their Instagram pictures and take like the, the Snapchat of them like chugging some beers with their friends, and then I guess going to the bars or wherever else, and not necessarily going to the game. But I'm going to the game. I'm excited we're going to the game. Good. Yeah, you got to go to the game. You can't go all the way up there just to tailgate. I mean, tailgating's fun. Uh, I'm sure Boone, North Carolina, is a fun place. App State's had a you know pretty good last decade or two of football, but you gotta go to the game. Would you pay sixty dollars for a ticket, Holt? No. <laughs> Is that what you pay? Yeah. So it better be on the fifty yard line. Yeah, now that I don't know how familiar you are with the stadium, but they have like the general student seating, uh, or I guess general admission seating that's like in the grass behind the field goal. Um, that's like the cheap $60 seat. So I think that's why a lot of their friends aren't going, but I'll still pay $60 to go just because I really would rather go to a game if I'm going to go all the way there. Um, $60 for the general admission tickets. Yeah. But the, the tickets like on the like 50 or 60 yard line, which there's not a bad seat in the stadium because the the stadium only holds like 30,000 or something like that. The, in the seats, it's like $70. So it's not that much more if you want to actually get a seat. Um, so I'm hoping what I'm going to try to do is I'm going to try to wait till like Friday night or maybe Saturday morning to see if there's a huge price drop, uh, people trying to get rid of their tickets and then try to steal some cheap. We shall see. But I mean, Hey, it's cheaper to go to Mississippi state, Tennessee game than app state game right now. Dude, the, the real question is, are you going to be getting any barbecue while you're up there? Ooh, if I, if it was up to me, yes, I would, but you still have not election in North Carolina. No, but you, you drive through some places. I mean, anywhere in North Carolina, you're going to find some good barbecue on the way. And um, there's definitely be somewhere, some places to stop on the way. But Friday night, we're leaving late, and we're, like, going straight there. And then I'm pretty sure we're eating with the crew. Saturday, tailgate. Saturday afternoon, we're going to eat somewhere in Boone. Probably not barbecue. So the only chance is, like, Sunday on the way back, maybe. So probably probably not looking too great for barbecue. But um, there's, there's other times for barbecue, I guess. Well, I mean, I feel like you should always make time for barbecue, but that's just me. Yeah, maybe I'll just say, like, F y'all, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop right here. If y'all want some food, you can get some food. If not, let's go. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like that should definitely be, like, planning for your trip. Well, you know, the funny thing is, I, I feel like I'd go out of my way to get barbecue, but I don't – I feel like JB does a little bit, but I don't know if you do a whole – I don't know if you go out of your way to try different barbecue. You tried that place in Jackson that you took a picture of, like, the Pepsi Ribs barbecue or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah, pig and pie. I mean, that's not really even like that good that that place. But like I, um, I mean, if I am in a place like North Carolina where they're really famous for barbecue, I would definitely want to hit it up. I mean, I'm not gonna drive. You know, I'm never in North Carolina. I've never been in the state of North Carolina my entire life. So yeah, I don't know how you could really make that determination, Alex. 
Well, I mean, even like even if you were in Alabama or Mississippi, there's I mean, there's barbecue places all throughout the South. Some people have obviously better barbecue than others. North Carolina's more famous than Alabama is for the barbecue, but I still like would go some random place in Alabama. Is what I'm saying, and I don't know if you would. I mean, I've been to a few places in Alabama that did have you, barbecue. Did you try Saul's? We talked about that once. Yeah, that was like our very first podcast. Oh yeah, yeah. That was the inaugural SEC Slow Smoke podcast. We talked about Saul's. Did you? You didn't like Saul's as much, right? Uh, I mean, I was just not a fan of the white sauce. It's just a little too thick for me. It's just a little too much. I mean, it's, the taste is good. It's just like, it's just a little bit too heavy for me. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm not a huge sauce guy. Um, I mean, I like sauce, but I prefer meat that doesn't sauce. Well, good bar. Except for the like the actual pulled pork. If you're on a pulled pork sandwich, you need you need sauce. And like, I I differ there where I feel like I need to load the sauce up for the pulled pork. I feel like JB's on board with that. I mean, yeah, if, you, if you're having a sandwich, you definitely are going to need the coleslaw and the sauce. But, I mean, as far as, um, you know, I mean, as far as that sauce goes, it wasn't my favorite as well. Another thing is, when I was here in Georgia, actually, when I went to Savannah, um, we had barbecue, like a catering event, and they put coleslaw. They had, like, coleslaw separate from the barbecue. And I asked them if you could put it on the sandwich. It was like, oh, that's like that's like a Carolina style. I was like, uh, no, that's like a Memphis thing. I don't know what you're talking about. So... I think Carolina, maybe Memphis stole from Carolina, but I have a feeling that uh, Memphis was the first with like the coleslaw on the sandwich. Yeah. But anyway, there is some football this week. Hold, I know you want to talk about barbecue for the next three hours, but let's talk about some football. JB, get, keep us updated. What's going on? What the hell is going on in Fayetteville with all these players transferring? I know. I mean, it's it's a little crazy what's happening in Fayetteville and. My has a have you know the narrative's changed. I thought I thought you were going to spit that out for a second. I know, I know, I can't put words together how I want to say it, but yeah, it's definitely uh, some uh, rocky times right now in Fayetteville. You remember just back in the summer, Arkansas fans were riding high on Chad Morris after a you know inaugural two and ten season with him, thinking that you know he's going to take this program to the next level and have him competing for a bowl. And uh, right now they're probably staring at a, what, maybe a three, four win season at this moment, probably four wins. I mean, that's an improvement. That's what I predicted in the preseason. They went about four games so. Hold, they're already wanting to get, get rid of them. Hold, does it ever, like, make you kind of tired to think about, like, all the new coaches that get hired every year? And, like, every year you have to, like, reset your mind to, like, okay, we're going to start over this guy's going to get us back to a bowl game. I'm not talking about for Mississippi State specifically, but I'm talking about, like, every football program that thinks they they want to compete in their conference. For instance, Arkansas or um, even, like, um, Louisville. They got a new coach. They got Satterfield. So you kind of have to, like, reset your mind to think, okay, maybe this is the guy that can get him back to bowl eligibility and, like, winning big games. Yeah, I mean, I feel like there's always excitement when you hire a new coach. Um, there's always, like, that initial – you know, excitement, that initial, like, you know, maybe this is the guy, you know, even if he's not the most proven or uh, anything, I feel like fan bases have a way of, like, themselves that it's going to work out. Um, and, I mean, you kind of have to. I mean, you kind of have to hope for the best. And, you know, unfortunately for Arkansas, it hasn't been great. Um, you know, this has been kind of a, a rough season so far. And, um, yeah, it's tough to watch. And I definitely feel for Arkansas fans, but at the same time, you know, they're going to – I mean, they're still recruiting well. Um, 
I'm not completely sold that Chad Morris is a horrible coach. Um, I think that, you know, maybe in a year or two, they're going to be like a much more talented team than they are now. And they're going to have a team full of guys that are fit to run Chad Morris's system. And then maybe they can eventually become like a competent football team. Hold on. I know you hate Tennessee, but you also like chaos. Would you possibly root for Tennessee to beat Alabama this week? I mean, I just don't feel like it's worth any of my energy because I just like I don't know how Tennessee is going to score on Alabama this weekend. We said we did say the same thing about Ole Miss and Alabama, and Ole Miss uh, got some points on the board a lot, actually. Yeah, I mean that was early in the game, um, and then late in the game. I mean, obviously, I, if you remember that Ole Miss game, it was ten to seven at the end of the first quarter, and then Alabama outscored Ole Miss like thirty nothing in the second quarter of the game. Like I don't think eight. Thing after that really counts. JB, on the other side of it, would you root for Mississippi State to beat LSU just in the spirit of chaos for college football? I mean, I have no problem with uh, Mississippi State beating LSU. Is it going to happen? Absolutely not. Well, here is the problem also is that you might not want to root for LSU to lose because you, you ultimately want Alabama to lose and Alabama to stop representing the SEC because you want to see some some variety. And LSU is probably the best team this year to beat Alabama. So if LSU loses to Mississippi State, then it'll look like Alabama's going to run the table again. It could, but, I mean, also at the same time, I still think that LSU, Georgia, even Florida, and maybe even Auburn, all four of them, I think, on it on – you know, any given Saturday and compete with Alabama. I don't think Alabama is completely separated from those four teams, honestly. Holt, how how hurt is Auburn without their booby? Yeah, they're not doing too well. Um, you know, obviously they're coming off the bye week, uh, but luckily they play Arkansas this week. So I'm not going to say it's going to be an easy win, but like definitely, you know, heavy favorites in this one. Um, I don't know if they're going to mention too much necessarily in this game. Uh, according to the ESPN FBI, Arkansas only has a 6% chance of winning this game, which is brutal for a, a SEC team playing at home. Um, so definitely the numbers are not big on Arkansas in this one. Um, you know, I just think it's going to be a, a kind of a boring game, honestly. I think they're not going to miss Booby too much in this one. Um, you know, I'm really just interested to see in Bo Nix and how he responds after that week off after a pretty rough performance in, at Florida. And he hasn't really played that well in conference play outside the Mississippi State game. Um, he's really kind of struggled. Um, and, I mean, even in that Oregon game, he didn't necessarily play well. It's just been – you know, I'm just not really sure that he's worthy of the hype that he's been getting. I feel like a lot of it is just based off of, like, recruiting rankings, which a lot of times are just based off of, like, how you do in seven-on-seven seven and, like, Elite 11 and, like, you know, all that kind of stuff. I just, you know, I, I haven't really seen anything from Bo Nix to make me think that he's worth really all the hype that he's been getting. Hold it. Is Auburn a – can you can you think of them as, like, a system running back team or program? Just because um, – I remember it was, like, a few years ago, and you have to refresh my memory, but either Cameron Petway went down or Carryon Johnson. Somebody on Auburn, like, one of their number one running backs went down. I think Petway – stepped up and he had even a, he had a big year even after like being the number two guys what I'm saying. So yeah. like even yeah, with that. Auburn play, uh, usually has really good running backs. And I mean, Malzahn has a really efficient system for running the ball. Um, you know, something that has really worked for him since he's coming into the SEC. And, you know, obviously having a running quarterback, I think really opens things up for those running backs. And, um, you know, it seems like they've pretty much – like, when their offense has been good, they've had a running quarterback. And then, 
uh, the running backs have performed really well. So, um, you know, I definitely think that's the case this year. You know, they're definitely going to miss Booby Whitlow, but, you know, I mean, I still think they're going to be able to find someone to get the ball to and who's going to be able to make some plays. JB, is uh, Kelly Bryant going to have the most passing yards this weekend out of any SEC quarterback? You've got to think also there's, uh, there's Joe Burrow who puts up a lot of numbers and uh, Tua against not great defenses. Um, no, I don't think Missouri or Kelly Bryant's going to have the most. Even though Vanderbilt has the worst defense in the conference, uh, it doesn't really matter to me. I think LSU and Alabama, you know, Burrow and Tua, they both can put up over 300 yards against a lot of defenses, honestly. They can put up 300 yards against the 30th ranked defense in the country, honestly, if they wanted to. I would probably wager that Tua is going to have the most passing yards this weekend. I mean, he's going to absolutely light up Tennessee and probably throw for close to 400 yards before it's all said and done. That's not a risky bet at all. I mean, that's just the safe pick for sure. No, I don't even think Tennessee's secondary is really all that bad. It's just it's it's a mismatch. I mean, Tennessee really has maybe two corners that could possibly limit some catches for Alabama's receivers, but that's two corners against – you know, a crop of four receivers that are the best crop of four receivers I think college football has ever seen, honestly. Yeah, it's uh, it's not going to be pretty. It's going to be a night game. I'm excited about that. I mean, how how do you go about watching this game, JB? Do you, do you go about watching it just like the Georgia game where you thought like, okay, we're going to lose by 50, so let's just see how close we can keep it? I think the only thing I would root for is that they are at least somewhat competitive for a quarter. Maybe have it – you know, less than 10 points halfway through the second quarter. I mean, I think that'd be a win for Tennessee. I mean, I think anybody would love to be competing with Alabama at that point in the game. But I actually won't be able to watch a lot of this game because I will be at a football game myself that evening. So I won't be able to really see as much of this. I might be able to see the second half. And by the course, by the time the second half starts, this game is already going to be over. Are you going to the Memphis Tulane game? That is correct. You're going to be wearing tiger blue? No tiger blue, just neutral colors. Hell no, JB. Come on, support the home team. Support the squad. It's the best team in the state, bro. Nah, well, maybe so. They might be the best team in the state, but that's just because uh, they're in a group of five conference. But I will say this, Tulane is no slouch. That is going to be a really good game. It is. It it actually is. It's It's kind of similar to... Um, Temple. I don't think Memphis was necessarily overlooking Temple, but I just don't think everybody knew like around the country how good Temple was just because everybody's giving yeah. Memphis so much love as one of the best group of five teams. But Temple is a pretty good team, and Tulane themselves, and Willie Fritz has it going going on at Tulane this year. And they uh, they lost to Tulane last year by like 20 or something like that. Yeah, they got blown out last year. And not to give too much analysis, but this game, Memphis and Tulane, is definitely a toss-up, and Honestly, I really don't know who I want to pick. And, you know, we still got to make that pick later in this podcast. Yeah. Are you rooting against Memphis, though, just because you want Tennessee to be the best team in the state? Tennessee's not going to be the best team in the state by record this year. Let's just go ahead and point that out. Well, that's not answering the question, though. I don't really care uh, what Memphis does. I mean, we don't compete for the same recruits, and we don't ever play each other. I don't. I don't think you're rooting for Memphis. Is the conclusion I've come to. I don't think you. You're not going to be like mad if they win, but like I think you might be slightly happy if they lose. I really just don't care all that much. Mm. We'll have to agree, disagree. So, Jamie, tell me about this Tennessee Alabama rivalry because um, a lot of people don't know how much these two teams hate each other. I know 
I think you've told me a few different times uh, that Tennessee hates Tennessee fans hate Alabama probably the most, especially the older ones. And then Alabama fans, they definitely hate Auburn the most, but um, there's a lot of Alabama fans that might even hate Tennessee more than Auburn. It varies. I mean, I think it just goes, you know, each individual fan is different. Um, older Tennessee fans, I think, are more favored to uh, Alabama being the rival. Uh, younger fans are more favored to Florida being the main rival. I think historically Tennessee-Alabama is the better rivalry, and historically it's been one of the best rivalries in the conference. It's been one-sided for the last decade, but up until then, uh, this was a pretty close rivalry. It was, I think Alabama led the series by maybe six or seven games before Saban took over, and then it's just been one-sided ever since then, and Saban has not lost a game yet to Tennessee. Holt Smash, you want to imitate the dude saying how much he hates Tennessee? <laughs> um, Nayland Stadium looks like the garbage <laughs> truck worker convention. That's the only part I remember. No, no, he said that they're orange. It's just, it's just ugly or something. Like that. I want to look it up. That, it's that throw up orange. <laughs> yeah, that was like that was such from the heart too. Like he didn't think about that at all. Like that was just, yeah. that was what he was feeling at the moment. I, I hate all they quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah. That was yeah. that was a pretty good video. I'm glad that that's like still alive. When when was that? Because that was like back when Tennessee was actually oh, beating Alabama. I was about to say yeah, that was back like before Sam got to Alabama. That was back in maybe 2004, I think, when that video came out. That was back when uh, Tennessee. Yeah, that was, was like the that was like the very right. beginning of like the YouTube like era. Like, was. That was probably like one of the first viral like SEC related videos. Yeah, when he made that video. Um, Tennessee was winning the majority of the games for the last you know decade and a half up until then. So, of course, Alabama fans hated Tennessee with a dying passion back then. Now it's just a snoozer to them. Yeah, that's why I was um, I was wondering because I didn't really I never remember the video when it came out initially. I just I just remember it seeing it on Twitter over the last few years. Whoever retweets it during this this week when they play each other, I always see it and it's. It's a good one to watch over and over again, regardless of how many times you've seen it. Yeah. Does he remind you of the unforgettable guy at all? You think they're like cousins or something? A little bit. Not just because they're like both black, but like the only difference is the he, this guy has a little bit more of a country accent. Yeah. But, I don't know. Those are just like two of the first like YouTube videos I remember watching back in the day. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, this, this series has been a series of streaks um, throughout the history of it. And, um, you know, I mean, yeah, I don't know how many Alabama fans are, like, hating Tennessee like they probably did, like, 15, 20 years ago just because of the way the series has gone lately, and that's just mostly because of what Nick Saban's been able to do and the fact that Tennessee just, you know, ever since the end of the former era just hasn't really been able to make a good coaching hire. And, um, you know, it's kind of a shame because it's a really good robbery. I think it sounds weird, but, like, I just think their colors, like, just contrast really well, and it's just, like, a cool, like, you know, Tennessee, Alabama, just kind of cool, like, robbery. All colors. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, like, perfect for this time of year and all that stuff. So, it's kind of disappointing that it's been such a bad robbery or, you know, lopsided robbery. But, um, you know, one day Saban's going to retire, and I'm sure Tennessee will hire a competent head coach at some point. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe one day. Jebby, do you think your, your dad will call you seven or eight times every time Alabama scores during this game? I'll make sure to have my phone on mute. I just don't really care enough. 
here, like, uh, after Alabama scores the third touchdown and then Tennessee goes down and gets a field goal. It's like, I'm telling you, Tennessee's not out of it. I mean, Alabama's slacking off now. Like, I don't want to hear those. I mean, it's – Well, you, you got to let the people know that your dad is not a Tennessee fan. Yeah. You're... Yeah, get some background information real quick. Not the whole story, but just a little bit. Yeah, my dad uh, grew up an Alabama fan. He tried to get me to be an Alabama fan. Uh, that did not happen. I ended up rooting for the school in my state instead. Yeah. And your dad will call you during every Alabama game, whether they're playing tennis here or not, like every time they score, right? Is he, he calls me every – probably at least once a quarter, I would say. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Like, he puts them on speakerphone sometimes. <laughs> me up. He also calls your, your grandpa, right, his dad? Uh, they watch the games together now. Like on the phone or like live? No, like he goes to his dad's house, my grandfather's house, and uh, watches the game with him. Do you whole you haven't seen you haven't seen JB's dad watch a game, have you? I don't think so. I think like maybe once, but I don't think it was a big game. I think there was like a non conference game. They were killing somebody. Who do you think gets more mad? I mean, you're just gonna have to talk about it out loud because I don't think you have it to compare it to. You think JB, do you think your dad gets more mad when Alabama's playing bad? Or Holt, do you think your dad gets like even more mad? I know it's hard to compare it to, but I feel like we can talk this one out. I'm biased, but I'm probably gonna say it's my dad. My dad uh goes into childish screams and rants uh, when his team does bad. Yeah, and my dad is is also an Alabama fan, I guess, for those of you who don't know, but uh my dad's really mellowed out over the years, and JB's never seen my dad watch an Alabama game. He's really mellowed out over the years, and I think uh, the saving effect is kind of <laughs> – I think it's kind of, like, taking root for him. Like, he doesn't really get emotional like he used to. But I'll tell you one thing. Uh, when I was about, I don't know, maybe, like – I don't know how old I was. Whenever they were playing Oklahoma in, like, a non-conference game, I just remember my dad, like, taking, like, uh, like a – I don't even remember what it was. I want to say it was, like, a plate. He just, like, took a plate, like, a glass plate and just threw it, like, straight against the wall and just, like, shattered it into pieces. Like, I was, like, in another room. And, like, my grandmother was, like, in town. And she, like, came and, like, like grabbed me and, like, took me in, like, another room. Like, <laughs> my dad was, like, about to hit me or something. <laughs> y'all, had to, y'all had to say a prayer at that pump moment for just Alabama to do better. Yeah. I mean, it was – I mean, but those were some frustrating years, though, I will say. Like, uh, um, and then another one was – I don't remember, obviously, but uh, – I want to say it was like the 93 SEC championship game against Florida. Um, Florida beat Alabama. He like, I had like some basketball goal and he just like kicked it in half. Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> I had like no idea what was going on. I was like 18 months old. I don't know how y'all are when your team does bad. I'm more like, I don't go crazy when my team goes bad. I go crazy when they do really well. I don't like break stuff, but like, I'll just like jump up and down and just yell really loud when they do great yeah. but when they're bad I don't I definitely don't break things like the only thing I'll do for instance when Memphis was playing bad against Temple last week I just I changed the channel to watch a different game because I was just so mad like that when Brady White fumbled the ball for like the third time or whatever it was I'll just change the channel well that's the way it should be but that's not the way it is for everybody yeah yes not a break control but I feel like um some sometimes you come to expect like your team doing bad like Mississippi State like you kind of like don't, you're a little bit more used to it like for instance, hold this LSU game. Like if they, you know, if they give up two touchdowns in the first quarter, you're not gonna be so mad. You're be like, oh, this is like what was supposed to happen. Yeah, well, that's true. And I, I just want to say like one more thing. Like while we're on the topic, um, I know you try to transition there, and I'm right, gonna come right back to it. But uh, I do want to talk about my dad for like two more seconds, just because he like uh, 
when Alabama be- this is just gonna show like how much he's changed over the years. He's just gotten like more sarcastic about it. It's so, like when Alabama beat or when Alabama lost to Clemson last year, he was like standing right next to a Clemson bar, like one was right down the street from him. And instead of like being upset, he just like walked down there and told all the Clemson fans that he was really excited for uh for Dabo to be taken over for Saban when he retired. <laughs> That's funny. They they probably got a kick out of that. Yeah, he was like, "Man, that Dabo does look good. We we may have to we may have to bring him back after Saban retires." <laughs> Your dad does have some uh, good funny jokes, man. I guess that's where you you get a lot of them. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't think I'm as funny as he is, but yeah. Anyway, yeah, the Alvin, the Mississippi State LSU game is definitely an exciting one. I will be in attendance for that one, two thirty on Saturday. Um, the whole national audience gets to watch that game. Uh, you know, I'm not. You know, maybe I'm being a homer here, but I think uh, I like State's odds to cover in this one um, just because LSU's coming off a really emotional win. Uh, Mississippi State, um, you know, and then LSU's got Alabama coming up as well. And I think everybody's kind of looking forward to that game. Um, so I think this is a good chance for Mississippi State to, uh, you know, just have like a good game. They haven't really played a complete game yet. Uh, they did announce that Garrett Schrader, the true freshman, is going to be starting this week. And I feel like the offense has just really been clicking when he's been in the game in SEC play. Uh, you know, non-conference play, the offense looks fine with Stevens in there, but ever since conference play started, um, Stevens has really looked lost out there at quarterback, and the, the offense has looked much better with Schrader in there. So Schrader's going to get the start. LSU's defense hasn't necessarily played great this year. You know, obviously it's a home game. Mississippi State's, like, really disappointed with the way they played last week and pretty much the whole season up to this point. And I feel like – this is the week where Mississippi State's really started to take a lot of heat nationally. And, uh, you know, from – I mean, obviously, you always feel the heat in Starville. And when they had those first couple losses, they felt the heat in Starville. But after losing to Tennessee on the road last week, I think a lot more people are starting to take notice of how much they're struggling. And I think they're kind of taking it personally. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Mississippi State, like, had a decent game in this one. I definitely don't expect them to win at all. But Cover? Um, yeah, I do expect them to cover the, the spread. Um, I feel – Actually, pretty good about that. I wouldn't bet on it because I don't bet on Mississippi State, but um, I actually feel like it's a it's a decent decent chance, and um, you know, just something something to look out for. And uh, I don't know if you guys saw this, but did y'all see uh, Joe Burrow talking about how he grew up a Mississippi State fan and his dad had like a cowbell for him, like in his room? Oh shit, he's from Ohio, isn't he? Dude, he there was like a whole clip of it and everything. It's been like all over Mississippi State Twitter this week. They were interviewing him about it. They're like, what do you know about Mississippi State? He's like, man, I grew up a Mississippi State fan. My dad was a Mississippi State fan. I had like a cowbell room when I did. <laughs> I'm sure there'll be like a poster of that in Starville somewhere. Yeah, there probably will be. be. But anyway, I, I expect a, a halfway decent game in this one. Definitely, you know, like I said, I don't expect Mississippi State to win. <laughs> but, you know, I, I I just think that they're it's kind of gut check time for them. And it's time for them to go out and prove something. And I, I think LSU might be sleepwalking a little bit in this one. Is two thirty central the best time for a college football game hole, especially with this weather? I mean, maybe I still would prefer a night game. I just feel like it's a completely different atmosphere. I just enjoy night games way more. Um, you know, just like the pregame and everything, just the lead up to it is just a lot. It's an all day. It's a lot bigger. Yeah, I mean, the two thirty slot is is nice, and you know, definitely if it's cold, it's nicer to you know still be out during the daylight. But you know. I mean, I'm excited either way. I think it's going to be, you know, a halfway decent game. Can you drink in the stadium now? Like, elite, uh, officially? No, you cannot. Uh, alcohol 
sales have still not been approved for Davis Wade Stadium, but they have for for, for uh, Ole Miss, but not for Mississippi State quite yet. Ooh, Mississippi State will catch up. Don't worry. Is there? I consider it a good thing because. You know, I feel like once they allow alcohol sales, they're going to really start cracking down on people sneaking stuff in, and that's definitely the way cheaper way to go. Yeah, is that the? That's what I'm curious. That's what I'm really ultimately getting to. Is that the plan for Saturday? Sneak in a couple of beers to say you're like, hey, I'm just I'm big down there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I tell you what, they don't, you don't really have to sneak too much, uh, Davis Wade. When I was in school, I mean, I'll tell you right now, like when I was in when I was a student there, it was very very easy. Um, I don't, it's maybe a little bit more difficult now because I got the metal detectors, but I'm telling you right now, when I was in school, they almost didn't even like care. Like they really didn't care. It was almost kind of dangerous how little they care. Yeah. Do they still do the same thing where like they throw like beer and alcohol up when they score? You know, I don't know. I think it was just the student section that did that when I was in school. Yeah. I'm not sure if they still do that anymore. You know, they kind of moved the student section, which I think has kind of hurt the, um, you know, the home crowd a little bit. Um, because student sections when I was in school, we had like seats right on like 50 yard line. I mean, they weren't like right on the field, but they were on the 50 and they went like all the way down to the end zone, like that whole east side of the stadium. So, um, that was definitely like way nicer. Now they're kind of like in the end zone. So it's not, it kind of takes away from it a little bit. Um, you know, I mean, I understand why they did it, but it, it does kind of take away a little bit. Yeah. A little sad. I got you. Jamie, tell me how South Carolina can beat Florida. I mean, Will Muschamp has beat Florida in the past as a South Carolina coach. I mean, I think it can happen. I think what's going to happen is that South Carolina is going to have to uh, force South or Florida into a lot of turnovers and a control in that department. If they can control the turnover margin and South Carolina can also take care of the ball and give themselves some, some short fields off the turnovers, uh, they'll definitely have a real shot in this one. I think South Carolina's defense uh, played really great against Georgia. I mean, they got – you know, a few lucky bounces and lucky plays that happened for them. But, you know, they took advantage of them and uh, came away with the victory in Athens. I think they can do the same against Florida. Uh, but, you know, Trask, I think, is a lot better at taking care of the football than Franks was. Mullen's going to come up with a really conservative game plan, I would imagine. I think it's going to be kind of a low-scoring affair. But I think Carolina can stay in it because of um, their defense. And also, I think their offense is still going to be able to get enough points to uh, make it somewhat competitive. You know, somebody somebody asked this to um, – man, I can't even think of his name. Who's the South Carolina basketball coach uh, that was Kansas State coach? That would be Frank Marshall. Yeah. Somebody asked him – I don't know if you remember this. The little kid who was, like, trying to be a journalist whenever they were, like, in the NCAA tournament and made the Final Four. Some kid asked him – uh, what do you think is important for a good defense? Do you think it's uh, focus or will or, like, want to play great? And, you know, he said a little bit of both. And that's what I was thinking about the South Carolina defense. For some reason, they showed up really – they showed up strong against um, Florida – or not Florida, against whoever it was, Georgia, last week. Do you think that same defense can show up again? And do you think it's – you think it's just, like, an effort thing um, all of a sudden while they're playing better than usual? I think it's more effort in basketball than it is in football. In football, it definitely is a lot of technique and that positioning. I mean, yeah, there is positioning a lot in basketball. I mean, I don't want to try to compare the two sports at all. But football, I mean, you can put in all the effort you want, but you still got to know, you know, you got to be on the football field. You, got, you can't try to overthink plays either. You just got to make plays. And, I mean, Muschamp's defense has improved a little bit over the course of this season, and I think they're up to the challenge, you know, at home. And they're only a five-point underdog, too, which is kind of surprising. Vegas 
has definitely no, believes that this game is going to be a real close one. And, I mean, I, I'm not going to be surprised if it is. I think Carolina definitely has a shot in this one. I'm Just like Holt reiterated earlier that this could be a letdown game for one for Florida coming off a, a tough loss and for Carolina coming off a, you know, emotional victory on the road the previous week. So this game to me is going to be a measuring stick for both teams and where they are at this point in the season. Since they beat Georgia last week, I think this South Carolina home crowd is going to come strong just like they did for Alabama. I mean, Florida's obviously not Alabama, but I feel like most of the fans think they have a good chance of beating Florida since they beat Georgia last week. So I think the home crowd will go pretty strong. Um, I think five points is a little, a little questionably low for this game, but um, I've definitely been proven wrong before. And I, um, you know, wouldn't be surprised if it was closer. So we, we shall see. But I'm excited for that game. That's a you know a nooner as you like to call it, JB or eleven AM game. I like the uh I like the under in that one as well. I mean I just feel like it's kind of a let down spot for both of them as you know we both stated, but um you know I just I feel like it's gonna be a sloppy game. It's gonna be an ugly game. Um and it's just gonna be low scoring. I just don't think I think both defenses have the edge a little bit. Um I just trust Florida's offense a little bit more to be a little bit more efficient. Uh, but I just don't know how either team is going to respond off after what happened for both teams last weekend. I don't know if you've already mentioned it, JV or Holt, but Holinsky is supposed to start uh, against Florida. So um, that's better than Joyner. So although Joyner didn't play really that bad for a third-string quarterback. No, he made some plays with his feet. He picked up some first downs. Uh, didn't put up great numbers or anything, but definitely made a few plays in that game and uh, kept a minute. And – uh Made enough plays. Yeah, it obviously made enough plays. I think, you know, the win obviously had way more to do with South Carolina's defense than did their offense, but he definitely, you know, he didn't lose in the game, which, you know, sometimes that's half the battle when you're a quarterback. Faux show. Hold, is this the game against Ole Miss that A&M finally gets it turned around and Calamond uh, gets a win and plays great? Yeah, I mean, this this game is, is really intriguing to me. Um, this is maybe one of the more intriguing games of the season. I mean – the two teams are trending in opposite directions. Obviously, AM has not performed quite as well as we thought they were going to coming into the season. Ole Miss has performed a little bit better than I think we expected, especially after those first couple games. Uh, you know, they've really found an identity on offense with Plumley, And I think bringing Corral in off the bench a little bit is kind of a change of pace uh, just to make the defense prepare for two different styles of quarterback. Uh, huge. And, uh, you know, Man, I mean, this this game could really go either way. I like – I mean, I like A&M just a little bit more. Just I think they're a little bit more talented. They got a little bit more depth as a team. And I obviously think Jimbo's a much better coach than Matt Luke. But, um, I mean, honestly, this is a really intriguing game. So, I think whoever wins this game is right on track for where they wanted to be for this season. And then I think the loser um, is really going to be in a tough spot uh, going forward. Yeah, to add on to what Holt said, this really is a, a swing game. In every aspect. Uh, for Ole Miss, I think it's especially more crucial for Ole Miss. This is at home. I think, to me, this is their one of the more winnable games that they have remaining. That's uh, one of the tougher games that's winnable. Uh, if Ole Miss can find a way to, you know, upset A&M, they're going to be a position, I think, where they'll be uh, at five wins going into their rivalry game with Mississippi State, and they'll have a shot at going for a bowl, I think, if they can find a way to get past A&M. Because after uh, they play a and they still got to play um, LSU. And I believe they still got to play um, Auburn as well. Either, yeah. Yeah, LSU got to play Auburn. And, I mean, I would almost go ahead and chalk up both of those as losses. They got to play at Auburn. I know they got to host LSU. But I think Ole Miss really has to win this one. On the flip side, if A&M loses, 
uh, they're probably flirting with a 500 season, and that would be a, a disappointment in Aggieland with a lot of Texas A&M fans. But if they win, uh, seven wins is probable, and eight wins probable. is question. And A&M struggled with the Mississippi schools as well. So I think it's kind of important for Jimbo this year. You know, I know their schedule has been really tough, and they've you know kind of taken a step back a little bit. But to me, he, he could show some improvement this year by handling the two Mississippi schools, which Texas A&M has struggled to do the, the last few years. Yeah, it'll be fun. Too bad there's um, other games going on the time, but we can still make time to watch that game. There's always time. Always time. There's always oh, extra TVs. Always. We, had three. we we talked last week, Holt, about Lynn Bowden Jr.'s outstanding performance against – who was it? No, I already forgot who the – Arkansas. Yeah, um, how he's basically – put Kentucky on their back and won the game for them. Um, as mad as Georgia is going to be about losing to South Carolina, do you think there's a way Bowden can still stand out in this game? I mean, I just think it's going to be difficult. I think they caught Arkansas a little bit by surprise last week, and I think that um, obviously Arkansas is not nearly as talented on the defensive side as Georgia is. Uh, I think it's going to be pretty hard for Kentucky to move the ball this week. Um you know, I just think Georgia's defense, you know, has is, is actually been pretty good this year. They actually, the Georgia's defense played fine last week. That wasn't the problem. The problem was the offense turning the ball over. Um, so, I, I just expect, uh, you know, I mean, I, I think he'll make some plays. I mean, when you're as talented as he is, he's going to find a way to make some plays one way or the other. But I just don't know if they're going to be able to put together any, like, long sustained drives to be able to, you know, get touchdowns on the board and uh, keep their defense off the field. And I just think that, you know, I mean, obviously, going back to the other side of the ball, I think that offensive line is really going to wear down Kentucky in this one. They're going to get those running backs going. And I expect a bounce-back game from Jake Fromm. And, you know, I mean, I I hate to say it, but I just – I really think Georgia's going to win this game very handily. I think uh, they cover this game comfortably. I think they cover the 25 points very comfortably. Any other SEC talk you want to get in before we move national into our picks? We kind of covered some games more than others, but some of them, I just don't know if you want to go into much more detail. Like, it's not going to be pretty if we go into detail for the Auburn-Arkansas game. or um, Mary Vanderbilt. Uh, well, I mean, it's just – I'm just kind of interested to see how Arkansas bounces back. I mean, do they um, – you know, I mean, I, honestly, I'm excited to see how both of these teams bounce back. I mean, both teams coming off a tough loss. Obviously, Auburn was off last week, but, you know, Arkansas lost maybe their best shot at a conference win this year besides the, you know, Mississippi State game at home and the only game they wrote. They already lost earlier this year, too. So, you know, you just wonder where is this team's middle state right now with these, you know, players transferring out and all this stuff. Like, are they going to come to play on Saturday? And then Auburn, you know, you're still – in a position right, I mean, you only have one loss. It's on the road to a, you know, quality team. You know, how do they bounce back? And, uh, you know, how do they play? Like, you know, obviously without Booby Whitlow, who's able to step up in the backfield. So, I mean, just some things to watch in this game. Um, I don't think it's going to be a competitive game necessarily. But, uh, you know, there are some, I guess, reasons to watch. I'll be bold here. I actually think that Arkansas is going to cover their 19.5-point spread. I think it's going to be a little bit closer than people think. Uh Arkansas has been competitive the last two weeks they played uh, against A&M and against Kentucky, and I don't see how that could change this week at home. And if you look at Auburn's history in 11 a.m. games, uh, they have not fared really well in those early start games. They, they In the Gus Malzahn era, they've come out sleepwalking a lot in these 11 a.m. games. 
And I wouldn't be surprised if it happens again in Fayetteville. I still expect uh, Auburn to win, but I don't think it's going to be a pretty game at all. I think Arkansas is going to carry the fight all four quarters, and Auburn's really going to have to fight their tail off, I think, to come out of Fayetteville with the victory that will, won't be, look as pretty on the scoreboard as what people in Vegas were expecting. They come out sleepwalking for 11 a.m. games, except Holt for Mississippi State Auburn a few years ago. <laughs> now you love me bringing that up. So I thought, bring it up just one more time for you. Um, yep, Vanderbilt and Missouri play too. Yeah, they do. You're right. But, I mean, Kelly Bryant's going to have a big game. I can't even, I can't even get it hyped up for Keyshawn Vaughn anymore. Well, Keyshawn Vaughn played really well last week, and then he got hurt like halfway through the third quarter. Uh, he put up some huge numbers, but it's still depressing, though. Like on a losing team like this. Yeah, it really is. Do you know how how much it is to get in the stadium this for this game? Um, ten dollars. It says three dollars on ESPN, but I don't believe that. It is true. I looked it up myself on StubHub. On StubHub, it's currently four dollars to get into so the game. with fees. It'd be like ten dollars, probably. After fees, it might be less than ten dollars. I mean, I don't know what the well. Basically, I would say the fees are probably going to cost more than the actual ticket. But yeah, it, things are not really pretty in, in Nashville right now. And I do, I do want to talk about Derek Mason quickly. I mean, he's done an outstanding job at uh, Vanderbilt, and I really hate uh, the scrutiny he's come under. I mean, I think he's an outstanding person. I think he's a really good coach, good recruiter. He really cares about his players. It's one of the coaches I would run through a brick wall for, and I really hate the scrutiny he's come under. And it does kind of feel like a farewell tour. But I will say, if Vanderbilt does go in a different direction after this season, they don't need to try and hire another guy that's just going to try to do what everyone else in the SEC is doing. They need to go against the grain and go into the triple option routes because they're not going to be able to get the, the athletes they want to play. They're not going to be able to uh, have the facilities up to standard. So why not be different? Go to the triple option route. Go hire Jeff Monken from Army. If they do that, they'll be seeing a lot more the bowls in the future. Ooh, that's that's an interesting take. I like that take. I don't. I would hate to be a Vanderbilt fan thinking like, all right, we're about to go into triple option offense in 2019, 2020. But um, sometimes you do have to think differently. But, man, it's just – that is depressing to go into triple option offense. I mean, just look at Vanderbilt. I mean, I think – honestly, I think that's the only way they're going to compete in this conference. I mean, I know that James Franklin did, but he took advantage of a weekend SEC East that was down at the time. Mason's taken Vanderbilt to two bowls in the last four years. One of them was a five and seven team that got in based off their uh, APR. And uh, last year they, you know, sneaked in a six and six. I think last year was really the peak of the Derek Mason era too. I think that was the best that they could possibly do. It's, it's not not Derek Mason's fault either. It's just where the program is. I mean, you're not going to get the kind of that you want at Vanderbilt, and the fan support is really bad. I mean, it's almost pretty much a road game every week when you play at home. I mean, I think the best way for Vanderbilt to try to compete in a Power 5 conference and the best Power 5 conference is to go the triple option route. And if you do that, you can have a chance to beat some of the bottom teams and you might have a chance to sneak away with a few victories with the mid-level teams in the conference. And every once in a while, you maybe every few years, you can be competing for a bowl. And maybe every once in a while, every five years, you might have a lightning in the bottle year we won seven or eight games. I don't know if – he really had the option of getting out of Vanderbilt. I think last year or two years ago, he could have gone to Colorado or Colorado State or something like that. But, I mean, you'd really have to swallow your pride to leave Vanderbilt or an SEC team for, like, a lower-level team. 
But I mean, it might have been smartest for him to do that just because it's at least you can compete more. Like it's it'd be like one of the only power five coaches that I could see leaving for a group of five job. Like, for instance, uh, whatever his name was, um, Dana Holgerson left West Virginia for Houston and he actually got paid more at Houston. Um, that doesn't happen a lot, but some special circumstances like this, you could see it happening. But now he could very well get fired. Um, might be time for our world famous picks. The only question I have before our picks is, um, as a Titans fan, I'm getting very interested in the uh, mock drafts now to see who the leading quarterbacks are we could pick up. And I don't know how much y'all have looked at it, but um, I guess you can imagine Tua is at the top of the list. But Herbert's also up there, too, number one, two, depending on which mock draft you look at. Who would be the third best quarterback you would draft, JB, after those two? Um, I would have to either – I mean, I think Fromm, Eason – and I don't know. I, I really think Fromm and Eastern are probably going to be the one, the ones you look at. Maybe Burrow. Those three to me are going to be the next tier after um, Tua and Herbert. Who would I mean, you personally pick between that next tier or all of them? No, no. After because just this is realistic for the Titans. They're not going to get Tua. And they're not going to Herbert because nobody, they keep losing. Yeah, but the Dolphins are trying to go zero and sixteen, and the Bengals aren't going to win a game either. You think the Bengals will – well, I don't even care about talking about NFL. But uh, as far as the, the next tier, I think the Titans should probably go after Jake Fromm. And, you know, in the, in the late – in the mid-rounds of the uh, first – in the mid-round of the first round. I think Jake Fromm, uh, he doesn't have the best arm, but he's a uh, really high IQ quarterback. He makes, uh, you know, good reads. He has some really good accuracy. And I think in the right system in the NFL, he can succeed. I mean, look at guys like uh, Drew Brees. He doesn't have the strongest arm. He's not the tallest guy, not the biggest guy. But he has made a career because of his football acumen and his timing and precision and accuracy in the pocket. I have a different opinion I'll share with you after Holt gives me his QB. Yeah, I'm going Joe Burrow. There you go. See, I wasn't I going to say that. I would have gone Eason just because I like – Big guys with strong arms, and I think he – I mean, he rewind after his freshman year. He would have been, like, one of the top quarterbacks coming out, but then he transferred. So, I feel like people are forgetting about him. But um, I like Eason a lot, the best, probably the best. Um, maybe a surprise pick. Um, next year's draft, I mean, you would expect Trevor Lawrence to be number one, but I don't know if it's so sure that he's going to be, like, a awesome quarterback in the NFL. I mean, he's making a lot of mistakes this year, it seems like. Yep. I didn't uh, really hear that question, but uh, I'll just agree with you because you seem, you seem pretty confident in what you're saying, so I'm going to roll with you on that one. Yeah, you think that Trevor Lawrence is uh, not a shoe-in for the number one pick the next year, and he thinks that he, because he's struggling a little bit this year. Okay, no, I, I disagree. No, I think I think he'll be – I still think he'll be, like, number one pick. I'm just saying I don't, I don't know if he'll be the – I don't think he'll be, like, just necessarily a surefire, awesome NFL quarterback. As well. I think he's still the best prospect we've had. In the last second, he's, he's still the best prospect that, that we've had since Andrew Luck. Yeah, I would agree with that. I'm just saying I don't know if he is going to be great in the NFL, but we'll see. We'll see. We still have a whole year to argue about that. Let's get to our world-famous picks and wrap this up. We have 10 games, not just SEC games. National That's right. And you have the list, Alex. I do, have, I do have the list. We're going to pick these games, as in JB and Holt are going to pick these games because they have a little contest going on. JB, remind everybody what the contest is and who is winning the contest. It's also repetitive now, but Holt and I are currently tied halfway through the season. 
I had a five-game lead in the last three weeks as those five games have completely evaporated. So now we are tied. Uh, the winner of this season-long contest uh, will be safe, and the loser will have to wear the team colors of the winner. So basically, if I win, Holt's going to have to wear a Tennessee polo and a Tennessee visor and make that his Facebook and Twitter profile picture, and then vice versa if – Holt wins. I'm gonna have to wear a Mississippi State hoodie and hat, I guess, and make that my Facebook and Twitter profile for one month. Should be a fun one. We got ten great games to pick this week. Let's get it started with Pittsburgh at Syracuse. Holt, uh, I'm gonna go with Pitt in this one, uh, even though they're on the road. Uh, Syracuse has been kind of disappointing this year. I'm kind of upset with them. Um, I th- this game is truly a toss-up. I really feel like it could go either way, but I'm going to go with Pitt just because I like Pat Narduzzi. JB? It's a tough one for me, but you know what? I think I am going to go with – God, that's hard. You know what? Let's go with Syracuse in the dome here. Carry your dome magic. I would agree with you, JB, but my pick doesn't matter. Tulane at Memphis, JB? This one's tough. I think if it was a neutral side, I'd actually go with Tulane. Uh, if you look at their stats and who they played so far, I mean, they've looked like one of the better teams in the AAC. Uh, their their defense is a little bit better than Memphis's, and their offense is right on par with Memphis. Actually, it might have more yards, but Tulane's defense has played better so far this year. But Memphis lost a disappointing game to Temple the week before, a game in which I think Memphis may have gotten robbed by the officials on a back ball. I think Memphis comes out uh, firing on all cylinders in this one, and I think with a victory. Holt. Yeah, I got Memphis as well. They've got payback on their mind. They're at home, and they're coming off a tough loss last week. I think it's just going to be too much for Tulane in this one. But I do love Willie Fritz. He's a dude. He's a dude. He's, he's a dude. You're right. Florida State at Wake. JB Wake is now, I think, 6-1 and one or 5-1. and one. They lost their first game last week to uh, Louisville. That is correct. Oh, you want me? Yeah, what you pick? All right, well, I'm gonna go with uh, the Wake Forest Deacons here. The Demon Deacons. All right, hold. Who you got? I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm gonna pick Wake Forest too. Like, I want to differ on this game, but I just I don't trust Wake Forest State like at all. Like, I just I have to go with Wake Forest. They're at home. Their offense has been incredible this year. They're averaging 540 yards a game, but they are giving up over 400 yards a game as well. So, um, pretty pretty crazy that they've been so good on offense this year. I think a lot of it came last week in that Louisville game. Yeah, that was a high-scoring game for sure. A&M at Ole Miss. Holt. Yeah, I'm going A&M in this one. Um, I just think that they have a better shot at moving the ball uh, consistently with Callum Mond. Um, and I just I just trust A&M's defense a little bit more than Ole Miss's in this one. I think the offenses are kind of a wash, but I just think that uh, A&M's defense has a better shot to get more stops. JB. A&M and a single-digit win. I think they're going to keep this up. I think they're not going to win by more than uh, double digits. I think this game is going to be close. A&M will win by less than 10 points. Florida at South Carolina. JB. Uh, I'm going to have to go with Florida here. I mean, I, I really think South Carolina is going to come out fighting. But Florida has a lot more to lose than South Carolina in terms of what's at stake for them. I'm going to go with Florida. Hope. Yeah, I'm going with Florida as well. Um, I really like the under in this one, um, as I was saying earlier. And I feel like you're giving JB all the easy ones. It kind of reminds me of uh, Big Daddy when, like, he's, like, trying to teach the uh, the delivery guy. So, <laughs> you, 
You pop? You pop an arm? <laughs> you give him all these? <laughs> That's so funny. Um, can you spell zebra? <laughs> That's Billy Madison, though. This is a different one altogether. Um, Air Force at Hawaii. Holt. Uh, I got to go with Hawaii in this one. I think they're going to bounce back. Um, I do like Air Force. Um, they are the road favorite in this one, surprisingly. Uh, but I'm going to go with Hawaii to get the win at home, bounce back from that rough loss to Boise State last week. Shady, you got to disagree some more. Hawaii or Air Force? I wanted to go with Air Force, but time zone difference and Hawaii coming off a uh, tough loss last week to Boise. I think they bounce back at home in the nice sun of Hawaii. Baylor at Oklahoma State. Holt. Going to Oklahoma State in this one, going to the home team. Um, this is a really tough one for me. I really like Baylor this year, but they've kind of got by with the skin of their teeth the last few weeks. And uh, I think it's time for Oklahoma State to get a big win. They've, they've had some tough losses so far. I think they bounce back. I think our boy China Hubbard has a big game, and uh, Oklahoma State gets the win at home. And so I do like Oklahoma State's offense a lot. JB. I just put on my coonskin cap to try to replicate what a mullet might look like on me, and I'm going to Oklahoma State. God damn it. Mm, no differences. Arizona at Utah. I feel like this is an easy one. I don't know why y'all had this one, but go ahead, JB. This is not Arizona. This is Arizona State at Utah. That would be why. Top, that would this be is why. A top 25 game. Uh, I'm going with Utah at home here. Um, Holt, who you got? Yeah, I'm going Utah as well. Like – you literally like every. I hate this shit. This is this is BS. But I'm yes, I'm going Utah. I mean, you almost should give JB all the ones. Uh, Michigan at Penn State, JB. Unfortunately, there's no Iowa game this week for for me to win over JB because that's really been my money maker the last couple weeks. Is he keeps picking Iowa and I keep picking against them and they keep losing. True. Uh, who is Iowa playing this week, JB? Uh, they are off this week, I think. I haven't seen them on the show. <laughs> I have money writing on Iowa, too. I picked them to go with the over. <laughs> I had them going over 7.5 wins this year, so I needed to win at least eight for me to uh, get you know some of my money on that team. <laughs> what are they? They're like four and two right now? Four and two. I mean, I looked at their schedule. I think they're still going to get eight wins, which that's all I needed them to do is get eight wins. Yeah. Who you got in Michigan, Penn State, JB? I'm going with Penn State here. Oh, did you already pick this one? No, I'm going Penn State. Um, I just – I think Michigan's a little bit overrated this year. I think, you know, Penn State at home um, is just a really tough place to play. And uh, I expect a good game, but I think Penn State gets, gets the edge because of the home crowd. Oh, that was a crazy home crowd. If y'all remember playing uh, NCAA football on your Xbox or PlayStation back in the day, they did a thing where they ranked the loudest home crowds or r- rowdiest home crowds, and uh, – Penn State was always one of the top 25. I think they were like the top 10, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it's definitely a really exciting environment. I really want to make it up there for a game. Um, my stepdad went to school there, and he talks about it all the time. So, um, I don't know if you've ever heard our intro, uh, but that would be that would be Brad. He does, he does our intro. He went to Penn State. So, shout out to Brad. The godfather, Brad. Our founding father. Oregon at Washington, JB. I feel like this is a little bit of a tougher one. Yeah, Oregon is really, really good. Let me just go ahead and put that out there. Oregon has been, is looked really, really good since their opening loss to Auburn in a game that they should have won. They should still be undefeated. On the flip side, Washington still be, should still actually be undefeated too. They've lost two games that they shouldn't have lost, one to California and then one to Stanford. 
So, I mean, the, these two teams should st- both be undefeated, both in the top ten. Not meant to be. But Oregon has a big-time quarterback prospect in Herbert. I think he's a top ten pick. I think he's going to have a great game. But I don't think he's going to have a better game than Jacob Eason. I like Washington here. I think uh, Chris Peterson's going to have some magic here in Husky Stadium. Home crowd. I like Washington for, to uh, prevail and pull off the upset over Oregon. Holtz. Oh. Yeah, I'll tell you what. JB really pulled a head fake on me there because I really thought he was about to pick Oregon. Uh, but I'm glad he didn't because I'm going with Oregon in this one. I really like Justin Herbert. And one thing no one's talking about, this Oregon defense. Like, how good have they played this year? Like, they've been outstanding, giving up 267 yards a game, uh, only 8.7 points per game. You know, haven't really played an offense quite as good as Washington, but that defense has been legit this year, and I'm a big fan of that offensive line for Oregon as well. Um, I think Oregon's going to go into Husky Stadium and get that get the win, get the dub, and um, I'm just really looking forward to this one. It should, it should be an exciting matchup. Could probably go either way, but I'm going to go with Oregon just because of that defense. So only two games where you differ, differentiate, which is Pittsburgh, Syracuse, Oregon, Washington. Um Shout out to you, JB. I didn't think you were going to take a bold pick, but the Washington pick was definitely a bit more bold. I like that. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm actually, uh, I mean, I'm not saying I feel really good about it, but I just feel like Washington, uh, they're a lot better than the record indicates. And I think this one is a game that, you know, being at home, Husky Stadium being a tough place to play, Chris Peterson being the schemer that he is and game planner that he is, I just feel like this is a game that they can, that they can pull off the upset. Jacob Eason's really talented. He knows that a lot of people are going to be watching this game. It's going to be on the afternoon hours. Uh, I think this is one of the more better games of the weekend. I think this is probably – it's arguably the best game of the weekend, but on paper it's the second best game. Yeah. Pac-12 is pretty crazy this year. Yeah. If Washington did really, earlier, then it would be man, better. You, you got Arizona State, Utah matching up this week as well. So, I mean, just uh, – a lot of exciting games. It's really anybody's race right now. I mean, I've, pretty much all the teams are still in it. Um, it's going to be pretty exciting uh, to watch that down the stretch. And um, I feel I feel good about my two picks and the difference. Um, I got the two teams that are favored, but he's got the two home teams. So, yeah, it's going to be a fun weekend. Maybe we'll be tied. Maybe one of us will be up by two. Who knows? JV, are you going to tailgate in uh, whatever it's called? Uh, also, I can't even think of Tiger Walk, Tiger Lane. Um, I don't have any connections. I don't plan on tailgating. I'm probably just going to get there uh, to, before the game starts and, you know, just do my thing. I won't park where uh, we normally park because of what you told me what happened last time when you yeah. went to there. So I'm probably going to fake out and pick another place to park or get out the quickest because I really do not want to get stuck in traffic for two hours when there's other games ongoing that I want to get home and see the end of. Yeah, I don't know if it would be as bad as the Ole Miss game because Ole Miss is obviously going to be the uh, most crowded game. But um, if I were you, I definitely would not park there anymore uh, just because I've been scarred from parking there. Waiting an hour in a parking lot is no fun when there's other games going on. I can imagine. But also, I mean, I think uh, the Liberty Bowl is going to get close to 40,000 for this one. The weather's amazing. It's supposed to be high in the mid-70s, but by kickoff, it'll probably be in the upper 60s. Uh, it'll be perfect weather, no rains forecasted. Uh, big opponent with well, not, not big opponent, Tulane, but Tulane's five and one. Memphis is five and one. 
Uh, they both have a lot to play for. It's a big, big divisional ride, uh, divisional matchup in, in the American. I think this is going to be a good atmosphere. I think Memphis fans are going to show up for this one. It'll be fun. Holt smashed over or under amount of beers you're going to drink. I'm going to set it at 12 for the weekend. For the no, whole weekend? No, no, excuse me. For the weekend. I'll set it at I'll set it at 10 for Saturday. Play before the game or the whole day? No. <laughs> I guess that's a little too low. I was going to say the whole day. but I'm going, I'm going with the under. That's easy money. Under? No. No, that's what he's saying. That's why he's saying it for the whole game or before. I'm going to say 10 for Saturday is the over-under, and I'm going to pick over. Holt, what do you think? Yeah, i definitely take the over on that. Are we talking about you, Alex, or Holt? Holt. Um, I mean, I, I have the advantage here because I'm with Holt every Saturday when we're at the house, and I don't ever see him really drink any beers. That's, we're not, there's a difference like, between social drinking and drinking by yourself. Exactly, yeah. and I don't know if we're doing anything crazy socially this weekend. I think we're just going to be – oh, 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 wait, never mind. Never mind. Never mind. JB literally totally forgot I was going to the yeah. – <laughs> I completely forgot. Okay, I take back that bet. Um, I'll go with the over now because he's got to make up for what he doesn't drink on other Saturdays when he's just at home. I make up for all the beers I did not drink last Saturday when Sable was losing to Tennessee. There you go. So, what do you what do you think the realistic number is, Holt? Um, well, I usually will get a case on Friday, and then I'll kind of start on it Friday night, and then kind of drink whatever's left over in the cooler on Saturday. And I usually have, like, one or two left. So, I mean, I would probably say probably close to maybe 15, maybe 14 or 15 on Saturday. It's quite a bit. But will you at all feel it? That's the problem. Um, I will feel it way more in my bladder than anywhere else. I'll tell you True. that. True. Ain't nothing worse than breaking the seal. I know it. And I'll tell you what, um, with those metal detectors now, when you're trying to wait to get into the stadium uh, – that is very, very uncomfortable. I'm just going to let y'all know. Well, um, just bring bring a backup pair of underwear, man. Yeah, maybe I could just bring like a jar or a, I don't know. What what do people go in these days? <laughs> I'll ask JB. JB sounds like you. <laughs> JB might know. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering where JB was going with that, with like me not drinking. I was like, I was like, what, like, what, what is his rationale for this? I don't understand. Yeah, I was thinking like he was like for sure. He's like he was asking like we were the suckers for picking the over. <laughs> yeah, I completely uh, forgot, but you know I'm glad I caught myself. Yeah, then you would have lost real money, right? All right, well it's been a fun one, guys. Uh, it's gonna be another fun Saturday full of games. Hopefully some upsets, so we can have some more exciting tweets and Twitter can be lit Saturday. But thanks for listening to us this this long and make sure to follow us on Twitter and podcast or subscribe to us on podcast and we will see you all later. Thanks for tuning in to another outstanding episode of the SEC Slow Smoke Podcast. Be sure to rate us and subscribe on iTunes or your podcast app of choice. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SEC Slow Smoked. Spread the good word on this podcast like the chili and cheese on your fries. If you like this podcast, tell a friend because there's plenty to go around. Oh.